Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode two of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. Thank you for joining us. This is Chris. This is Greg. And we just want to say thank you to everybody for staying with us through that lengthy first episode. It was all good content, though. Yeah, it was all good fun, man. I I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what we did with it. And, uh, of course, we talked about our favorite uh, debut albums, mostly rock albums, but uh, talked about that and, you know, bands we liked and, and so on and so forth. But this week, we're going to kind of change gears and uh, we're going to talk about some wrestling wrestling and in particular we're going to talk about tag teams tag team wrestling what we like what we don't like uh some of our favorites some of our not favorites and and we'll see how this discussion goes kind of an open forum kind of thing and uh uh you know one thing we were talking about earlier today we were just kind of shooting the shit and one thing that i that i brought up that i thought was really important about tag teams was that when it's a tag team, that it's not just two guys that they throw together. It's actually a tag team like the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, you know, the Rougeos, the British Bulldog, the Midnight Rockers, what have you. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's important or do you see it differently than I do? I think both of them work and both of them don't work. There are, are wrestlers that you could throw together that just have some chemistry that just work. Either they are you know writing partners or they work together in the past or they you know just started something new so there's chemistry between uh, wrestlers either way whether it's a tag team together or two singles forced together to be a tag team something like that so as we start into this i wanted to ask you chris what uh what brought you into wrestling as a kid uh I got into wrestling in the 80s, uh, mostly uh, first seeing the, the WWE because it was pretty much the one that was everywhere. Um, I remember at first seeing it, we had the uh, Saturday night wrestling. Not Before Saturday night's main event, they just had an hour on. and Then you know later on, I started when I was going to my grandma's. Of course, we didn't have cable. We lived in the boomies. My, my grandma lived in the big city, <laughs> which really was still the small city. They had cable, so we got to watch the Mid-Atlantic, the early WCW with the horsemen, you know, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, uh, those kind of guys. So that's really when I get into it. And I, I liked it better because it seemed what I would call, quote, I'm quoting my mm-hmm. hair quotes right now, more realistic instead of the sports entertainment that the WWF was. Um, it just, see, there were times where you would watch it and you're like, oh my God, that's real. Where in WWE, you were kind of like, okay, yeah, it's, a little, it's a little hokey. Okay. Um, there was more character and I don't mean characters like the person. I mean, the character, like why is this guy wearing and this outfit? Why is this guy doing that? Uh, it was, whereas in the, uh, WCW was seemed more realistic. Like it was just them, not a character like this is, Oh my God, this is really that person. Yeah. So for me, I started liking wrestling when I was young also. Um, I think I saw some early parts of wrestling at my grandparents' house. Um, later on in life, I learned that my grandfather was also one of those uh, that loved wrestling and would go to shows um, here in L.A. Uh, like the 
Olympic Auditorium in downtown LA and just had a really good time doing that. My dad was into it. Uh, he got me and my younger brother, who we still love it today, into that. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, involvement in wrestling. And I think thanks to my grandfather that you know instilled it a little bit in the family, maybe like a family line where he loved it, my dad loved it, we love it, and I'm hoping to stretch it out to the kids of, uh, you know, hopefully they love it. But, you know, as it is, wrestling is still fun. I love it. Um, I always call it my um, men's soap opera. So I enjoy it for the, say, dramatics of it, the heel, the face, the good guy, the bad guy. You know, the bad guy would win. The good guy would win. It doesn't always, I don't always need the good guy to win because he would bring heat or bring excitement and make me want to turn into the uh, next episode next week, that kind of stuff. But, but wrestling from a, a young lad, it, still today, I enjoy it, love it, want to see more of it. Absolutely. And we live in a good area, LA. There's indies all over the place. We went to a show maybe about a month ago, whatever. We got some other shows coming up and we'll kind of talk about those and maybe do a little report that you guys kind of know what we think about what some of the indies are doing around. But let's, um, let's turn our attention to what we really want to talk about. And that's tag teams. Uh, you know, one, like I'd said before, the thing I really like about the tag teams is when it's a team. Um, I like that style of quick tagging, doing moves together, um, finishers together, uh, working a body part together. Yes. Um, I really think that that really added depth in, to the story in a match and also in the storyline where it was teams going at it. Uh, one of the biggest rivalries that I think you would agree that went on throughout their whole careers was the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Yes, and, very much. And I, I just think that the fact that those were two teams um, – really lended a hand to how um, how uh, how you, you got very invested in that story. You had your side. Of course, I was a Rock and Roll Express fan. I think you were as well. But, of course, Midnight Express was just as good as they were. Heck, yeah. That storyline, you could – if we went back and look at some of those shows of today, um, we would very much be into it of saying – you know, whatever rivalry they had, say, in the 80s, and it would continue to 85 or, you know, 89 or 90, or even if they still wrestle today, those two, those tag teams, it would still be interesting and fun and exciting and, you know, all that good. And 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 they were on opposite sides no matter where they were. I mean, we've seen them wrestle in Mid-South. They had a rivalry there. They went to WCW. They had a rivalry there anywhere it almost seemed like wherever one of them showed up, the other one always showed up. Correct. And they were always, you knew it was, you were gonna you were gonna you were gonna sell tickets. You were gonna put butts in the it seats. It was a top they, draw. They yeah. Draw, uh, rock and roll midnight. If they were on the bill facing each other, you knew that you were gonna get a dynamite match. Correct, brother. There you go. And uh, it, just just you knew you were gonna get a match because you know those teams work in that style that I really like where. I mean, you had the finisher where they were together. Yes, Midnight Express, they didn't always have that team finisher, but the way they worked in the ring and their psychology working together just was one of the best it's ever been. 
correct on different things like that. Yeah, they would work together. Whether, like you said, whether they're working the body part, whether they're working, you know, an arm, a leg, uh, the neck, that kind of stuff. Always, always tag teams learn how to do that stuff. Now, you had mentioned earlier that you thought that there were, I guess I, uh, there's probably going to be some circumstances where I agree with you where they will take two individuals, put them together, and it would work. And one of the one of the things that I brought up when we were talking earlier before we, we, we went on air was in the Attitude Era of the WWF, WWE, what mm-hmm. is called the WWE going forward, is they would take for a main event on Raw, a main event on whatever show was on. Correct. Let's put The Rock and Stone Cold against The Undertaker and Triple H. And I hated that because I felt like, one, I was getting robbed because I want to see two matches. I want to see, because you know it was either... Like one guy on one team had a yeah. rival with the other. The other guy on the team had a rival with the other. Let's put them in a singles match. But that, I understood what they were doing by putting these teams together to get in a two-for-one kind of bang for your buck, but you didn't get that tag team magic. Correct. It always kind of, they went off in their own directions kind of thing. So that's what I really hated. But tell me some of the teams that you think where they took two guys, put them together, and it worked uh, just as good as, as, as a tag team. I'm going to bring one up. This is old school. Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. How about that one? That's a good one. That is, uh, that's going back quite a ways. <laughs> well, I had a early up. 80s, early 80s, yeah. Correct. But, but two guys, two guys that were, you know, known for their singles wrestling. They kind of threw them together. Do they have a name? I don't remember it, but, you know, they have it. Uh, same thing would be, um, Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. It wasn't D- uh, Dusty TA. It wasn't Magnum Dusty. You know, it was just two guys that were great wrestlers. I don't. I wouldn't can say they were friends, but maybe they were. But it just turned out they they would wrestle and you know. I even think they won the tag team at one time. I I, th- I swear to God, I thought you were gonna say Dusty and Nikita. D- Dusty and Nikita. But I was to me more that I liked was. Um, Nikita and Magnum because they used to wrestle each other and then all of a sudden you know after their rivalry they they joined together to fight somebody else whether it was Sting whether it was you know the World Warriors somebody like that would come and be like wham bam oh you know here we got Magnum and Nikita now they're wait weren't they fighting two weeks ago didn't they hate each other don't they hate each other and wham bam they're doing it that kind of well, stuff let's I mean, that was kind of in a time where the amount of real professional wrestlers was kind of, you had a smaller pool to kind of pull from. So you almost kind of had to do that out of necessity. But let's fast forward, late 90s, Attitude Era. Look at a team like the Rock and Sock Connection. (laughs) Two of, at that time, two of the top five singles wrestlers wrestlers in the WWE. Let's put it together as a tag team. Did it? Make people want to watch the show, yeah, but the wrestling, the match itself, do you think that that was a, a smart move as far as just just the wrestling itself, not the draw, the wrestling? Wrestling itself, no. You're right on that one. Where wrestling, uh, did they throw the greatest matches on there? Did they have a, a great finishing move? Nothing I can really remember or want to say or talk about, but those are two wrestlers that they threw together just to you know say hey uh tonight on monday night raw we're doing 
you know, the rock and sock connection, which they kind of added at the time. Now, did that did that all come out of that whole segment where they did "This Is Your Life"? The Rock is that? Did that come out of that, did, or was that later on? I don't really remember the timeline on that. Do you remember? The exact I don't remember timeline? the timeline. But now that I, if you think about it, I would say probably after, because they wanted to bring a little more comedy into it or keep that bit going for a while. Um. So that might be a time where it didn't work out. We talked about some other things. Let's talk about some of our favorite uh, tag teams. Um, why don't you go ahead and start uh, some of your, your tag teams that you really thought were, were some of the best that really worked uh, the ring the best. Uh, go ahead and give me some tag teams. Definitely the Road Warriors. Love them. Road Warriors. Uh, the Steiner Brothers Yes, were another good one. Um, of course, uh, the Midnight Express. We talked about the Heart Foundation before. Good um, British Bulldogs. Uh, some of the more of the newer um, tag teams, the Usos. I love them. Um, and I like them both as face and heel. They work for me. I haven't uh, really said, oh, I don't like them when they're this guy. I don't like them when they're... I, I think they work on both. Um, the Dudley Boys. Duddy Boys, um, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, those, I, those three right there, those three just tag teams loved. That was the funnest. I think we talk about tag teams. What do you love? I think me and Chris, one day we were talking about, give me your five, top five tag teams. And he knew what I was going to say of the Hardy Boys. It I just, knew it. it just went. And you know, when the Hardy Boys first debuted, I didn't like them. I didn't either. They were, came I, out in the I, fluorescent. Then they weren't they wearing green, green plaid tights with the headbands yeah, tied it or was, some it, yeah it, big sideburn they looked like um the young bucks before the young bucks were the young bucks correct or they looked like a fake rock and roll express something like that they were something like that it and looked a little yeah so I remember seeing them for the first time so when they first came out I was oh, Hardy Boys well, they wrestled and then they started to come out with a gimmick and and wrestle pretty good i mean there was like oh wow that was a good match oh wow they had they're getting a feud with somebody else and this is happening this is happening so they kind of grew on me and i think they grew a little too much because i'm all you know saying hardy boys hardy boys one of the things that i noticed about some of the tag teams you mentioned in particular heart foundation mm-hmm. um i don't know if you mentioned the british bulldogs but that's another team where they had that and maybe even to an account, another team I'm going to throw at you was Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Oh. Went to WWE. They were the brain busters, but that kind of was but what it was. Weren't they the brain busters in WWE, WWE and in when they were with WCW or the NWA, they were just Tully and... and yes. They, were, they didn't get paired you know? up until they were both in the Four Horsemen because Arn was with Arn. Ole, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Correct. Remember, Ole left. They tag teamed up. Um, one of the things that I liked about those teams that I just mentioned was that the two wrestlers were, they weren't the same style. Whereas you go to like, um, a, uh, road warriors, they were brute force demolition. Oh. Same. Yeah. They were the same guy. Awesome. Yes. But you have art heart foundation, Bret Hart, um, my favorite wrestler of all time, uh, technical, in the ring, and then you had Jim the Anvil Nightheart, who was just the the anvil. He came in and just killed the, you with strength. Was correct. fast, but he had the strength. You go to the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, strength. 
a dynamite kid with speed and technical. Correct. That that rivalry worked so good because it was almost like the teams were wrestling each other, but they were actually wrestling themselves kind of because the teams were so correct identical so, in skill. They were so good. Of course, at that time, we didn't know they all basically trained at the heart dungeon. They've known <laughs> each other for years, you know, wrestling on their different names when they first yes. began or something. So yeah. I think I think that that style, you know, when you don't have two guys that are exactly the same, I think that lends to really making a good match and good. Um, it allows the team to kind of do a lot of different things instead of just having to do the same thing over and over again. You have a technical guy that can work on the mat in the ring, uh, and then you have the other guy that can come in and just do the brute force, the strength moves, the power moves. So depending on what tag team you're wrestling, you can kind of wrestle – however you need to depending on who you're wrestling so what would you say are some of your favorite tag teams a little uh, different than mine are that you yeah, can say the same um heart foundation yeah um one team that i really loved uh during the 90s that i still to this day in my mind best wcw monday night wars okay. tag team harlem heat oh man Booker they don't and, get and- they don't get the respect. They don't get what I think they deserve. They, if they didn't have the titles, they were going to win them next week. They just were so good. And they were both very big men, but you still, you had, you know, with Booker T, you had the quick. Yeah. Um, was he the greatest technical wrestler? No, but he had the agility, the high flying, the ability, the kicks, the spins. And then his brother was in there brute strength Correct. he was the big man who came in there and smashed i thought that, that that team was maybe the best team that wcw had uh um i also liked uh, the steiners like you had said road warriors um demolition was good i i also like um i like some of the teams that move a little bit faster like the strike force oh okay i like the can-am connection Ooh. um Rock and roll, midnight. Would you would you say you like the the more of the high flyer tag team other than the I d- brute force or I, the the f- force of you know the wrestling? I don't like the high flying for the sake of just high flying. Okay, so when it comes, they'll say I already know kind of where you're going because I just know. Like let's say the Hardy Boys, um, they did a lot of high flying. And to me, it, to me at times it was just it was too much. Okay. To me, it was just too much. Of course, when you get to a match like the TLC matches they had with Edge Christian Dudley Boys, it was perfect for that kind of a match. Okay. But for a weekly wrestling match, I just thought that it was a little too much. I like the high flying in the ring. Um, not so much, you know swan taunts flying out the ring you know jumping out here over here second rope top second rope yeah that is it a fun to watch is it amazing yes am i saying it's bad no i'm just saying i like a different style got it what would you say about tag team wrestling like the freebirds where it's not really sometimes it's they may be a three-man group, but they would switch off and they would, you know, bring in switch-off guys. So one guy would still work with this, another guy would do that. You know, very similar to maybe a, a new day of today 
or you know the Von Erichs, you know when they were tag team because all those guys were you know brothers and stuff like that. You know the Freebirds were they were like an an original. They just at a time when if you look at them um world class championship wrestling where you know their rivalry was with the von Erichs. yeah that was a time and you can go back on you know it used to be on the network and now it's on peacock and you can go look at some of those old territory wrestling there was nobody like them they could talk they could wrestle they could make you hate them mm-hmm. which usually was the case times they could make you love them but no matter where they went if the freebirds were there you were selling out because you knew that they were going to put on a good show and a good match um as far as like them the the three-man tag team thing and it was interchangeable in and out i'm not a big fan of that when people are holding titles true if you're holding a title it's two people it's not a group of three which and then Someone might say to me, well, they had the six-man tag team. Well, I don't like the six-man tag team. That's too many people. That's too many people in a match. I like just a regular-ass tag team. If you want to do something else, that's why they used – remember, they had the world tag team and they had the U.S. tag team uh, back in the 80s. And if you want to do another set of belts, do another set of belts. But there shouldn't be a a six-man tag team. I just thought that was too much. But like like I've seen – like with the new day when they had the titles, I don't want to see different guys holding Kofi and Big E and then Xavier Kobe and Kofi and Xavier. Yeah. I, no, because that's that's not a tag team. That's I not I don't want to sound like a, I don't want to sound like a sideline parent, but that's just it's not fair. <laughs> not fair to the wrestlers. It's not fair to the fans. Correct. Oh, I got to go see the uh, um the New Day wrestle. I hope it's Biggie and Kofi, but then you get Kofi and Xavier, and you're like, and yeah. Biggie doesn't even wrestle. I want to know what I'm going to get. Uh, right. But the Freebirds, man, they were man. That rivalry they had with the Von Erichs was just something else. I don't know if you guys can go back and watch some of those old episodes of World Class Championship Wrestling in Dallas at the Sportatorium. <laughs> uh, you you will see crowds going. You know, I go back and when I watch some of those old, old wrestling, you, you it's just mystifying. You watch it now and you watch WWE or whatever promotion you're into. And there's a barrier between the crowd and the ring. There's a physical yes, steel padded barrier. Have, have you seen what they have? They have these little, like they'll take like a bucket, like a little five to 10 gallon bucket, stick a steel pole in it, fill it with concrete. And have those at like every like ten feet with a loop at the top and just string. Have you seen that, dude? It sounds like I I want to say I think in in an independent I saw something like that. This is before you know the hardcore wrestling of ECW and you know uh, of those days. But I yes, I did see something like that uh, more than. The barriers of of today are the barriers of, you know, yesteryear and stuff like that. Now, when you're, um, I do this for myself because it's just a, oh, I'm a weirdo. Um, when you're watching a tag team wrestle, do you ever say to yourself, "Oh, that guy's gonna go singles. 
that guy's got champion written all over him. Like in hindsight, you go back and you look at the Hart Foundation. I think to everybody it was obvious, but some of these tag teams, it wasn't so much obvious. Like you watched Edge and Christian. I don't think it was obvious. You watched the Hardy Boys. I don't think it was obvious. Um, even Dudley's when they went to TNA yeah. Impact, I don't think it was obvious. But, you know, three of those guys and in Edge, I mean, I would say maybe even just five of the six guys with uh, Bubba Ray, or not Bubba Ray, but Devon being the probably the one that didn't, uh, they all really had successful single careers. Do you ever look at tag teams and, and look at it in that way? Or are you kind of just, oh, I like these guys tag teaming. I don't look at it that way. Um, I want to say I agree with you in that point where at some point you know that these guys are going to turn on each other. It's kind of history and it kind of repeats itself over and over. So however long they're a champ or however long they're a tag team, and it, once it's played its role – all right, you know it's going to turn. And so now I think the most craziest one was the the Rockers. Once Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty, that's the one that plays over and over. And, oh, they turned on each other. You guys are so good together. But we all know Shawn Michaels was destined to be the great one, you know, a great one. And, and you know, high flyer, main eventer, Mr. WrestleMania, just something like that. Uh do they run their course? Yes. That's why I think sometimes you see these guys doing uh, or wrestling. They're like, okay, they're good. They're going to wrestle for you know so long. And then all of a sudden, things change. The storyline changes. One guy gets hurt. Like, you know, what if you're wrestling and all, shoot, so-and-so got hurt. My partner got hurt. Now you're, okay, we're going to add you to the storyline. You're going to be a single wrestler for a little bit, you know. That kind of stuff. Which did happen a lot. I remember specifically during the 80s that happened to the Road Warriors when uh, Hawk got injured. They were supposed to be running a program with the four horsemen of some type. And that's when, uh, or excuse me, Animal got injured. And then that's when Hawk, was it Starcade or one of the- I thought or, it was War the, Games. May have been where it was just, well, that's where he was the heavyweight match against Ric Flair. Of course, everybody uh, knew he would not win that. Okay. And, uh, you know, so sometimes when it's an injury and things run their course in that kind of a way. But uh, I always, not so much in the past, but after seeing it happen over and over again, whenever I watch a tag team, I kind of see like, okay, which one of these two is going to be the one that's going to go and be a singles wrestler? And is, I mean, we can, I mean, we can go back and, and, and look at all these tag teams, Heart Foundation. Yeah, the uh, Killer Bees, uh, 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 British Bulldogs, the like you said, um, the Hardy Boys. Um, some of the newer new uh, wrestling of today would be, you know, the uh, Undisputed Era, uh, that type of stuff. How do you feel about the importance of a <clears throat> of a excuse me a tag team having a finisher that involves both wrestlers? Oh. Heart Attack, 3D. Uh, loved it. That that was one thing. That's one, like you said, defines a tag team where they're working together to do the finisher to win the match. What's your favorite tag team finisher of all time? Who and and what? If I have to, I have to tell you something on the top of my head. It would probably be the Heart Foundation, you know, doing their finisher. I I thought that was great. You know, one of them. Yeah, that was that definitely was. You knew it was over when yeah. they hit that. Um, Doomsday Device by the Road Warriors was, 
I always thought that someone was going to break their neck and never <laughs> get up again every time I saw them do that. Um, and then you look at some teams where they didn't necessarily have that tag team finisher. Um, two that come to mind we already talked about was the Midnight Express. They did the, you know, the uh, well, what are, the pile driver where one guy would get on the second rope, grab the feet, push him down. I, I, the name of that stat type of pile driver escapes me right now. I can't think. And another one was, was the Steiners. They never really had like a tag team. We're doing this together. Finishing move. Sometimes you would get the bulldog from Rick Steiner. Sometimes you'd get the Frankensteiner. Oh, then you'd get the Steiner recliner. I don't know if he used that in tab, but it's like, did they ever really have like a move they did together? I don't ever recall them really having a move they did together. I don't, I don't remember it at all. Um, but there are some groups, like you're right, that when they worked together, had that magic worked and it not. Um, one um, of the newer um, wrestling groups of, of today, the tag team of today, would be MSK. They do have a finishing move where one of them flip, one of them does something, another one flips over, and, and it works together. Mm-hmm. And that's more their finisher move. I think like that. that's totally important. Uh, most of the time, nine out of ten times, of course, we talked about some that we tag teams really love that don't necessarily have that, but I think that's important because it just shows the the continuity. The the you want that partnership, you want that teamwork, you want that it's over kind of a move instead of some singles guy doing a singles finisher on another guy. Yes, you know it's over, but it's a tag team match, and that's kind of also why I kind of didn't like the singles wrestlers because I want to see I want to see two guys pull a move. It's over. They pulled it t- together on one guy. Double drop kick. Uh, kind of cheesy, but it, but was, it worked. But it worked. But it worked. But it worked. Of course, if you don't know, the double drop kick was Rock and Roll Express. Possibly, possibly the biggest tag team draw ever. They were. Uh, they had. They had the fans behind them one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time. They've never turned heel, have they? No. You know, uh, talking about the Rock and Roll Express, you know, those guys had a look and a style, right? Uh, looking at a certain way, dressing a certain way, saying, ooh, yeah, rock and roll, we're doing this. Also, if, if, if you want to say, maybe the rockers ripped it off a little bit, you know? So they have their own style and some of that, very similar to rock and roll. And like you said, going back to even the Young Bucks today, who talked about, having that style and, you know, looking at it and, you know, with, with the fringe or the over-the-top gear that looked something together. So I want to say, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, from what they started, still has an effect on wrestlers today or even wrestling today. I think the team you just brought up, Young Bucks, um, probably out of a, the tag teams, they – it's almost like everything they do, it's both of them. It seems like... Yes. And every time I watch them wrestle, I say to myself at least three or four times, wow, I've never seen that before. Oh my God, what was that? I have to rewind that and watch it again. Did they just do that? And they flaunt and they strut like they are... They they could be the best tag team wrestling right now. They just are innovating. Um taking it every time they're on to another level. You know, they've also said that they don't want to be broken up and do singles 
I think single matches. I don't together. think that I see either of them being uh, a single. Being a single, they're they're. God, I don't want to pigeonhole them. I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick, but they're two small guys, and I think that they run off of each other so well. Their exactly. personalities. I think it might be difficult, not possible, but difficult for them to be. They wouldn't be the same people they are. And they couldn't be the same wrestler that they are now if they split them up. And I think that that would be career suicide so, to a point. I think Nick got hurt. This was about maybe a year ago. He got hurt and they had Matt by himself for a little bit. I don't think he 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 wrestled singled, but he did have some matches where he you know was thrown in to help like a, a three man tag team or six man tag and doing stuff like that but you're right it, the magic was still not there he's still a great wrestler he can wrestle but the magic of the other two guys may know him but it wasn't the magic of like him and his brother doing there and stuff like that and then when he came back the gates opened up they kicked ass took names and won the belts <laughs> it's almost like there. a blessing in disguise because it's you don't get to see them, and it's it's like oh, we want to see them so bad, and so it's almost like a ta da, we're Correct. back, and and it's and you you don't know what you got till it's gone, Tom Kiefer, uh, <laughs> and and you realize how great they are. Uh, another point I wanted to touch on, uh, we could talk about is the art of tag teams that don't really seem to do this anymore. There are a couple that do do it. And that is one thing that I thought that the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and Arnon Tully, and I also think, because he did this as a singles wrestler as well, was the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart. They were really good at taking away a body part. Yes. They were good at... Okay, your finisher is a drop kick. We're taking away your one of your legs, so you can't do it. Um, your finisher has to do with upper body strength. We're taking away one of your arms, and you would, they would work it. They would work it. They would work it. The, you know, the the face team would come back and they try to do their finisher, and they couldn't because they were too hurt. Correct. I think that that psychology of a match and the story that that tells is just so good, and it's something that's really missing from wrestling. Because everybody wants to see the high flying. Everybody wants to see the match that's five, six minutes long instead of the 10 to 12 minute match that I like to see where it's a story and it's back and forth and you think your guy's going to lose and he comes back, but then he can't because he's too hurt because they did this to him and did that. You know, I like that dynamic of the body part being taken away and working on it and the two wrestlers basically cutting the ring in half. I mean, you always hear when a commentator starts talking about they cut the ring in half. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the psychology of cutting the ring in half, quick tags, working on his arm, working on his shoulder, arm bar, throwing it over the, the rope. Guy comes off, hits an elbow, you know, t arm twist, tags his guy back <laughs> in. He comes in and socks him in the face and then he grabs our wrist lock tags the guy in, and they're just doing it over and over again and it's to me that's what i love in a tag team okay so um i don't know if you're familiar with the revival that was the one team that, that i was th they remind me a lot of minnesota wrecking crew correct they remind me a lot of so them. now they're in aew and they are known as ftr they 
definitely, and the ring announcers always talk about being that smash mouth type of wrestling. And I agree with them. It works. And they and you can definitely tell they work on one body part. They work on, like you said, the knee, the leg, the arm, the shoulder, whatever. Those guys know how to, to do a smash mouth type of wrestling on that today. So those there are still groups still working or still tag teaming as a smash mouth wrestling group where they, you know, work on those parts, which is great, man. I go, you know, it's 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 I don't want to say it's new and exciting, but you know, it's when you have high flyers and everybody's good and doing kicks and doing jumps, these guys come and say, Hey man, I mean, some of their, their things are no flips, you know, just, we're going to hit you in the mouth. Yeah. Matt wrestling. Yeah. Matt wrestling. Technical Matt wrestling is, can be boring at times, but not really. Kurt Angle was known for that kind of stuff. Yes. And, you know, one of the best. Yeah. You bring up his name and just, I don't want to get too off course, but. God, I, whenever you hear about people talk about the great wrestlers, you never hear his name. And he wrestled with a broken freaking neck, as he likes to say. He won a gold medal with a broken freaking yeah. neck. I mean, gold champ or a gold medal in the Olympics, came to WWE, all the way to the world. I don't understand why he's not mentioned in the same breath with some of the greats of all time. Maybe we should start mentioning it, man. Let's just get on our soapbox and start yelling, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle. And, you know, you suck. Here, <laughs> I'll throw something. This is nothing we've even talked about or, or anything. What do you think about the importance of, and this normally happened with the heel team. As a matter of fact, I can't really think of any, maybe one or two, the importance, the whether or not you like or dislike, how you feel about tag teams coming with a manager. James Cornette, um, Slick, or uh, like we were watching some Mid South. You got uh, General Akbar, uh, you know, coming out there with his tag teams. Uh, Jimmy Hart. How do you, yeah, Jimmy Hart. You always know that there was something gonna happen, and it almost adds that extra element of, and it, it seemed to always be with the heels. Yeah. Um, I think the only guy, manager I can really think of was like Captain Lou. Maybe coming out with a tag team at some point, but I really can't think of anybody that really was a manager. Sonny doesn't count. Elizabeth with oh, the Mega Powers that don't, don't count. count. Yeah. I'm talking about someone's going to get involved. Someone uh, comment on our Instagram page, Big Talk CG at Big Talk CG, if you can remember any manager that that came out with the face team, but I can't remember. Any, and and you always knew when. And we keep going back to these teams because they are, in my opinion, the greatest rivalry in tag team wrestling, the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, Jimmy Cornette. You always knew he was going to get involved at some point. Yes. And that's why they always had those matches. Jim Cornette handcuffed to the <laughs> ring. Jim Cornette in a cage. Jim Cornette barred from ringside because you knew he was always going to get involved with his tennis racket. That extra layer, that extra element of the third person really lent to even the deck stacked more against your faces, the teams, you know, that you were pulling for. Yes. That kind of, you're, you're right. The managers always seem to get involved with more heels and, you know, either swiping the leg or hitting them with a foreign object, doing stuff like that. Yeah, that was, that's always, you know, it's fun that like you see it, but you kind of, you know, it's going to happen. 
You know, if they don't do anything, it'd be like a big surprise. Like, well, he didn't do anything. He just stood there, looked pretty. I go, wow, that's maybe if they're wrestling a couple of jobbers or something. They're not, but <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not talking about jobbers, man. This ain't a jobber show. This is jobber free zone. <laughs> uh, so, um, what about you know? We've talked about the big, you know, mostly WCW, WWF, WWE. Um, some of the tech teams when they were younger coming up through some of the territories. Let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about another, the the third federation from the Monday nights. Let's talk about ECW. Okay. Um, whole nother animal. Um, I'm sure oh. some of our listeners, if you're interested in hearing this, you know all about ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. They had some amazing tag teams. Obviously, their crowning jewel was the Dudleys. Correct. That some people regard as the best tag team to ever walk the face of the earth. Uh, what do you What well, do you think about some of their tag teams? ECW. What do oh, you think? I loved it. If If I have to bring ECW up, I'm going to bring up Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Oh, two different guys, but had a manager, Alfonso, but they had the chemistry together. You know. If Sabu was wrestling singles, you know, Alfonso was out there. And then they had uh, uh, Rob Van Dam came out and he had Alfonso out there. But when they worked together, there was definitely a lot of magic working from some of those. Some of my favorite from ECW, I'm going to break up is uh, Raven's Nest, Raven's Flock. You know, Raven, Stevie Richards, Kidman, Kane, you know, um, was part of that. Some of those other guys that had their great, great tag teams uh the impact players which was lance storm and just incredible those are great guys the eliminators you know perry saturn Saturn. and and john cronus the pit bulls or pit bulls you know gary wolf and anthony duante i think is his name public enemy was in there public enemy that was um if you guys aren't don't know this yet i'm a weirdo so i went through this thing where (laughs) i gotta watch I'm going to put on ECW and I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to go to bed and watch them all. So watching ECW uh, uh, kind of from the beginning, okay. every, everything that they have on there, Public Enemy was like their first big tag team. And they, you could see them incrementally week to week get more and more and more and more violent and dastardly. It just went, it just kept minimally escalating but if you looked at it from month to month you'd be like holy crap this is getting that i in my opinion having watched in such a short period of time as many episodes as i did yeah instead of stretching it out over years that tag team really lent its hand of taking ecw from where it was to where it went they really drove the the violence that extreme that they that they were looking for yeah some of the other tag teams that I still love from them was also, and this is not so popular, would be the full-blooded Italians. Those are one of them. And same thing. The FBI. <laughs> and the other thing was Blue World Order. The BW, the Blue Meanie. The Blue Meanie. <laughs> Stevie Richards. Stevie Cool. Yes. Uh, Supernova. I mean, that, that, that was, I mean, it was comedic, but it was also fun. Like, when the Dudley boys first came out, there was five of them. Five. You know, Spike Dudley, Devon, uh, Sign Guy Dudley. I think there was another guy. I think big was Dick Dudley. Big, big Dick Dudley. Yeah. Uh, so Did you say Spike? I said Spike. 
I said Bubba, Devon, sign, uh, sign guy, big, big dick, yeah. dick and, and I think there was a one more, maybe five or six guys. Well, but, who was that guy? The quintessential stud muffin? <sighs> He used to be like the ring announcer or commentator. Yeah, something, something like that. Yes. Name. Oh, man, I forgot his name. Yes. Uh, just guys like he wore, a, he wore like a tuxedo jacket with just the tie, <laughs> no shirt. And he looked no. like he was wearing a sweater underneath it, but it wasn't a sweater. Oh, it was so hairy. But that's what, that was a lot of magic of the of ECW, man. There, that was a lot of good stuff, man. Yeah. Let's, uh, what about some of the, uh, novelty or uh, uh, matches or, uh, you know, you want to have certain stipulations in a match. Um, some of the most original ones that I remember, obviously cage matches, but Night of the Skywalkers where you had uh, rock and roll and midnight. And then you had, I believe it was midnight and the road warriors. And then you go on to like TLC matches and, you mean stuff. like a scaffold match? Yeah, you remember the all Night of the Sky with sca- scaffold matches oh, and stuff like that. scaffold matches were What do you think about that kind of stuff? Out of control. Because, you know, you're thinking up there, uh, you know, I've been on a scissor lift before, right? And it goes all the way up, and then you look down, and you're like, and they wrestled on this? They hit the mat, or they did something? I go, man, this is... So, that's, so basically what this is, <laughs> this is crazy, is they would build, they'd have the ring, and... They would have a scaffold going like over the top of it. Correct. A scaffold like you would see at a construction site along, you know, above the sidewalk where the guys can work and work on the outside of the building. But that thing was above the floor, 20, 25 feet at least. At least. And it was probably about twice as wide as what you would see the construction workers working on. And to win the match, you had to throw the two other wrestlers. Off, off the, of the scaffold. Did anybody ever get thrown off? I don't think so. They always ended up <laughs> underneath and letting Swinging go. Swinging or doing but anything? Though, insanity. Insanity. Now, fun fact. Remember when, I think it was rock and roll. Was it rock and roll or was it, it I guess it doesn't matter. Midnight Express was wrestling because I think they did both of them. When James Cornette was hanging underneath the scaffold and uh, Big Bubba was supposed to catch him. All right, you got to go back and watch this. And the way he lands, shattered both of his legs. Oh. We landed straight down on the ring. You can see it happen. It's disgusting. Let's let's digress from that. Let's talk about TLC. Oh. Let's talk about TLC. Tables, the ladders, and the chairs. Listeners, if you have not seen the TLC matches, tables, ladders, chairs, probably... Did they do it twice or was it three times? For, for the sake of argument, three times. One and two. You got I mean, if you're going to make a list of the best tag team matches of all time, those are all in your top, have to be in the top 10. Yes. Uh, made careers. Yes. Those matches made their careers of the Hardy Boys, Edge Christian, and uh, the Dudleys. Correct. Uh, three of your favorite tag yeah. teams of all time. Yeah. Because I love those matches. I mean, all those guys were in it, you know? Young, good-looking, good wrestling, you know? I mean, uh, they were kind of like, I think they were before the main event, or they were the opening at, uh, opening uh, match, and they set the bar. I mean, was, it that, was, uh, was that first one SummerSlam? Uh, or, or It well, could it could have been a SummerSlam. But imagine following them, like, the, after they come back, and they're like, okay, hey, we just gave you the 
TLC match of of the night. Beat that, you know. Then these guys have to go. Oh, we gotta now we gotta wrestle and beat those guys. Um, that kind of stuff too. Yeah, TLC definitely awesome. I mean, they even now have a a a, a pay per view on it because it's so much fun or so good or so exciting, you know. We're gonna do it, and then now, but now they really don't do TLC matches together all joined. It's the TLC event. Event has one one team would do ladders matches, one team is gonna do tables, and one team is gonna do uh, chairs. But High, I still like TLC and one all in there jumping in. Yeah, some of the greatest high spots you're ever gonna see. Uh, the highlight, of course, is Edge's spear. Oh, on Jeff Hardy. I was going to say Jeff going on the, the top and, and doing the swanton and hitting Bubba, I think, you know, or Edge or, or Edge and Bubba at the same time doing it. But, you know, they have one, I think one had a good ladder and I think two had a high, uh, a bigger ladder. And that was like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Amazing matches. I'm surprised nobody died. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, or really got hurt or really injured themselves or something like that. Um, some of the other uh, tag team um, wrestling matches uh, of that was, you know, when they do a four corners match, you know, I mean, they're fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Texas tornado match or the strap match where, you know, the, the, the four corner matches that uh, where you have the four teams, you don't necessarily have to tag in your partner. But as soon as you're one person gets eliminated, the whole team is is gone. Correct. Well, that was also one of them. The other one what I was thinking was sometimes you have to um touch the four corners of that. So you're wrestling over here and you hit one, bam. Then you go with them again and you hit another one. And then, you know, each guy have to hit four corners uh, uh, mm-hmm. consistently. Bam, bam, bam. The other one did it. Okay, he, he has three of them. He has one more to go. And then the other guy would come. Okay, he gave you two. That kind of stuff. And, uh, Texas Tornado, bull rope matches, those are always good. That type of stuff. One more uh, tag team I want to throw out to you. Uh, the outsiders. Oh, Hall can't and talk Nash. about tag teams without talking about the outsiders. Uh, two huge wrestlers from WWE, the Jump Ship went to WCW, started the NWO, the Outsiders. How do you, uh, where do you put them in the in the grand scheme of, of tag teams? Because they really, um, in my opinion, were two singles wrestlers. They didn't really have the 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 move set together. Um, how do you feel about how, how they worked as, as a tag team? Oh, I love them because it was two big egos. It was two big guys. It was two, you know, you weren't going to get a fast match. You were going to get, you know, a fun style with these two guys and they were all attitude and it was all show. And you, you know, you weren't going to get a, we're going to jump from the top rope or we're going to do this and do that. It was, Hey, we're going to tag. We're going to do some moves. We're going to jump the crowd. We're going to, we're going to do some elbows. We're going to get some jabs in and stuff like that. Yeah. I was never a big fan of, uh, uh, big sexy. Um, cause he had one move, even, the jackknife. Yeah. He, uh, uh, Scott Hall definitely was the wrestler out of that tag team. Uh, okay. Scott Hall, uh, Razor Ramon. Was definitely, he was a, he was definitely the wrestler of that tag team, and I think the fact that obviously, obviously the fact that that uh, the thing that made that team so popular was the NWO. 
um, what do you think? Do you think without that angle, if they just would have went over there as together as outsiders, it probably do you think it would have worked? Not have worked? Or what do you think? It, it, to be honest, I, I think it worked at first because they didn't do NWO at first. It was the outsiders, and then they started to, I guess, come up with a storyline and bring up the New World Order, where they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be rel- uh, uh, rebel against the corporation or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the man, whatever. And they wanted to be outsiders. They wanted to be different. They wanted to do that. Yeah, there was with with or if they did not come as the outsiders. Uh, um, the storyline eventually went to NWO, and that's what worked. But NWO, they shot themselves in the foot when yeah, there was did. just too many guys. You having a faction? Great. You have a faction? I don't know where you stop at four or five, you know? But they went 25. They went 30. Half their roster was NWO. Now I always wonder, is it the fact that they wanted everybody or everybody wanted to be there? Because you kind of see the pull that you know that uh, that they had with you know management that was running, and eventually they became bookers, and eventually they became people that were really running the show. Which is, I think, what you're saying is that they shot themselves in the foot. They became too big. They tried to have their foot in too many places at once, and that's kind of was a detriment. They were only thinking about themselves, and they buried everyone else. All of Chris Jericho came on to become one of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling. Um, I think that, that you're right when you, when you, you know, they got too big, but do you think it was when they started to get, I mean, Jesus Christ, Scott Norton. Yeah. Uh, those uh, Virgil, what, what were they recruiting or were those people saying Scott Bagwell? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I think they got too big. People wanted to say, Hey, we got, we got this, um, machine going on right now. We're working good. We're gonna do. We're gonna get all these people into it. I think they even got crazy and they stopped. Now they had to break it into another faction where they pulled NWO. You know the Wolf Pack because they had the Wolf it was, Pack. It was too much. They the, it was the they, black, they had the black and white. Yeah, they had the black and red, and then then they also have the Latin. Oh, they also had the with what? Conan that well, that was short lived. But they did have it, the NWO, and had the the red, the white, and the green. Are you talking about the LWO, Latino <laughs> World Order? Latino World Order. <laughs> no, I think I think that was very similar to the what ECW with the BWO. They just kind of. But as Conan, a, as a, as Conan a, was in the NWO. But Conan was in the red. He was red. But it was still third faction. I don't first think it, argument, guys. First argument, right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, let's let's switch it up and go to WWE and bring up DX. Okay. So you got DX, Sean, Hunter, China, right faction right there. Tag team and and Rick and Rick Rude, not Rick. Rude. So you're talking about from the get go. That was it from the get go. Yeah, like the, when they first started. Correct. When they first started, that was them. They went off DX. Blah blah blah. Um, was it Sean got hurt? And they started DX, a different style of DX. So Hunter was still the the, the main guy. They brought in um, X-Pac. They brought in um, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and they ran they ran with that. And that was within itself was great too. That blew up also. And then they stopped. You notice that they weren't adding 
similar to yeah. They weren't adding five or six guys, eight, nine, ten guys. Let's, then there wasn't ten guys in DX. Let's they, look at the the best factions of all time. This is going to be another show, but let's just okay. Let's just gloss over it quick to to prove your point and you being right. DX at the most five or six, five I think probably guys. Well, yeah, yeah, five. The two tag teams and China five. Okay, four horsemen, four wrestlers, and James J. Dillon. Yeah, evolution. Four guys. Four the guys. Shield, three guys. Okay. Um, New Day, three New guys. New Day, three guys. Freebirds, three guys. Three guys. Um, I'm not. I don't see anybody else that's getting over four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. So many that they have to do a whole another brand, and I think that just proves your point that it was just got too big, too big. Correct. They they just had to stop, and I'm glad they did stop. You, and do that. You bring up a team that we haven't even talked about, the New Age Outlaws. Uh, two wrestlers, and this kind of uh, goes back to like, you never know what you're going to get. These were two low, mid-card wrestlers, singles wrestlers. Uh, Billy Gunn obviously came from Smoking Guns. Um, uh, but the Road Dog was the manager slash handler roadie for uh, uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yes. Um, so these were guys that they, I don't, not really sure how they got together. They were put together. They decided to be together. I don't think Vince McMahon's let you decide, so he probably put them together. It's one of those stories where it, it worked. Yeah. They were a dominant tag team. And then when they went to DX, it, they took their game to a whole nother level. Were they the best wrestlers no. that they had? No. No. But they told a great story. They were athletes. They could both talk the mic. They had a hook. They had a hook. Got two words for you. Yeah. And they had that crowd at times in the palm of their hand, and they could... That's why they had the titles. They were it. They were a draw. DX was a draw. They were definitely a team where two people, I don't know... They necessarily got thrown together, but they probably did. And sometimes you just got to look at each other and go, guess this is it. Let's make the best of it. And they did. Yes. And they did. And they ran with it. They ran with it good into the ground or not really into the ground, but ran until it ran its course. And once it ran a course, hey, you know, maybe one of them got hurt. One of them got injured. One of them needed time off. Okay, we got to, what do you want to do now? Oh, let's, let's start you off as a singles. So, yeah. And I think Road Dog today is, is a producer and... Billy Gunn is in AEW with his sons now and, and have their own little gun club faction, which is great, man. Hey, you want to start you off? You like to see that family legacy go on because especially the people that you see with the, the, the mothers and fathers and sons and daughters that you see that are um, carrying on or are having the kids and helping them carry on the legacy are quality Wrestlers, you're seeing the Tully Blanchers with you know his daughter is is carrying Tessa. on the yeah. Um, you're seeing Billy Gunn with his sons. You're seeing good quality wrestlers doing it the right the right way, and it's nice to see that. Definitely, these type of guys. So, uh, um, I think that's uh, just about gonna do it for us. Do you uh, have anything else you want to add or throw out there? Anything we're missing? Anything you want to tell me to my face? <laughs> Yeah, um, wrestling today, there's a lot of good young 
tag teams that are really good. Um, some of them off the top of my head, I'm going to throw at you. Lucha Brothers. Amazing Lucha style wrestling. Part today, part Lucha style. Uh, another one, Butcher and the Blade. Love them. Oh my God, two guys have the look, have the chemistry that are working. Um, of course, the Young Bucks, Jurassic Express, I don't know, familiar, Luchasaurus, um, Jungle Boy. Um, look a little odd, but they work together, the things that are working. Um, so, uh, Santana on Ortiz, uh, they were, you know, in TNA, they, had, uh, they were like the, the LAX and then turned into Santana Ortiz. Great wrestling. And they're the ones, they're ones and, uh, and the quick story on that was, I never really thought LAX was anything like, uh, who are these guys, blah, 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 blah. And then I went to bar wrestling here in LA and I saw them live. And I was like, after they wrestled, I was sold. I was like, man, these guys have it. I like it. I like the style. I like that they're working together and, and stuff like that. Um, some of the young guys or some of the other wrestlers in NXT um, or wrestling in general are uh, the Viking Raiders who came from Ring of Honor mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. went to, you know, uh, New Japan Wrestling, um, you know, the work. Uh, for me, there's um, Imperium, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Two guys from the UK working well together. Love that stuff. Um, the Way, which is Johnny Gargano and um, Austin Theory. They look a little odd, but they, they're working as a tag team and stuff like that. There's a lot of good tag teams of today that you can tell have influence of the past from what we liked in the 70s, the 80s, 90s, and even of today. So there's a lot of good stuff out there for tag team wrestling. I think one, one of our favorite, sorry, one of our favorite tag team, and they're not really known, but they're known for us, P.P. Ray. That is exactly the tag team I was just about to interrupt you for, P.P. <laughs> Ray. Uh, don't uh, you, a lot of people are not going to know who they are. As a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if anybody listening to us does. Yeah. But Ray Rosas, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon, um, we both have met him. We both have took pictures with him. We both have um, expressed how much we enjoy their um, wrestling and their wrestling uh, together. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement, and man, can't wait for them to, to come back together and, and see them tag team wrestle one more time. It's kind of like a reunion. You just want the reunion show. Yeah. Want the re For this net, want the reunion match just to see these guys and yell at them and smile and clap and raise your drink to them and stuff like that. P.P. Ray, P. P. all Ray. day. All day. All day. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode, episode two. Um, tell us what you think about our episode. Uh, what uh, if you have anything you want to add to the to the conversation or anything you think that you know we're idiots about or you think that uh, you want to add or give us your favorites or let us know uh, go ahead and visit our Instagram page it's at uh, big talk CG or you can uh, email us uh, big talk CG at gmail.com uh, we will personally <laughs> We don't have an assistant? We, no assistant yet? Ah. Assistants on vacation. <laughs> Permanent vacation. Uh, maybe I can put uh, the 12-year-old to work. No, there you go. And there you uh, go. we will definitely uh, look at every email, look at every post, and uh, uh, definitely would love to hear every one of your feedback uh, Comments, on what you think of our, of our show. And uh, yeah. 
We're going to come back uh, on our next episode. I don't know. Do we have a, a topic set for uh, our next episode? Or are we kind of. I'm going to surprise you. Oh, you're going to surprise I'm, me. I'm going to pull something out of my hat. Pull I'm gonna, some... Sorry, I'm going to pull something out of my resting trunks. <laughs> I hope you're <laughs> going to pull it out of your hat and out of somewhere else. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. Episode two Big Talk with Chris and Greg. See ya. See you later.